0: welcome back to people analytics i'm your host lindsay Patton. today i have amanda zarudis who is the director of human resources at shipium welcome amanda hi thank you lindsay i'm really happy to talk to you today i'm excited you're here so let's get right into it so why hr for you why do you do what you do
1: I think that's an interesting question, but I think ultimately anyone who is at all passionate about people and empowering others tends to be drawn to the new iteration of what HR has kind of become, which is more people ops and people centric. So for me, I had a background of um, psychology and working in law and all of the compliancy type figuring things out. But where I really succeeded was partnering with people to make sure they had what they need and working with managers um, to make sure that they felt comfortable and having all kinds of conversations and support systems in place for their own teams. So I kind of like organically moved into HR from the very beginning of of when I started working years and years ago.
0: Yeah. And I know that you really like the hands-on aspect of HR. So what does hands-on look like to you? Uh, Well, I
1: think it's being really involved, not just with employees and managers, but also understanding the business itself, understanding what makes the business successful, what the business needs, looking more future forward and strategically and holistically as to um, what are the gaps, where's the business trying to go, how can we leverage our people and bringing in the right people to further expand the goals of the company so that everyone there can be successful. I think it's really important that, uh, you know, We consistently, as HR professionals, work on kind of revamping our relationships and our own kind of branding so that people can see us as a partner uh, versus as just kind of like that negative, you know, I only see you when I'm hired and fired type of dynamic. And in a lot of um, startups and smaller companies, you don't necessarily have that dynamic. But I do think it's really important that as HR gets more visibility at the table, for um, executive teams and decision-making that we really understand the business and bring data so that we can justify why we're making recommendations or why we're, we're pushing forward um, strategies that align to the greater business cause.
0: Yeah, and I know that, um, you know, one thing that you mentioned is being in a startup. And one thing that I really, really find interesting about the HR world is how every single HR leader is in a different environment different experience. So I know that you went from a startup which is its own experience to a larger organization which is you know completely different. So can you share what that was like that transition and you know what you were used to, what you now had to get used to? Yeah, I think um
1: the difference for me at least in the last two roles that I've had is I've moved from a privately held very very small very rigid startup where i was one of the first employees on board so i was involved with everything
0: yeah beginning.
1: so building structure not just for hr but organizationally and helping vet um you know technology and platforms outside of just like the hr scope um here at shipium we're also a startup but it's in the saas industry and I was brought in way after the fact. So they already had a lot of their teams established. And I think the difference was really um, when you're not part of that original ingrained um, position, there's a little bit more legwork as far as getting people to open up and and kind of yeah. trust and build that relationship with folks. So I think at my current organization, because I came in after most of the managers and the key players are there, um, I, I really had to make sure that I understood that um, I was listening to what they needed and I was actually more um, actively demonstrating my business acumen, right? Like, like yes, I, I know what I, I know what I'm talking about. But as <laughs> I also hear what you're saying and I can work to partner with you, it was a little bit different in the relationship building with like the C-suite and the, the founder level team.
0: Yeah. So what was it like building that trust? Because um, I, I, I can imagine it was a process and a pro- one you had to be consistent with too. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, part of it is really,
1: like I said, kind of demonstrating that. I understand that the point is to make sure the company is successful and to grow but also always being that advocate for the for the people right like the business yeah. is here because of the people that work and the people are here for the for the business itself really kind of um consistently talking about how it's a balance right like I my job is only I'm only good in my job if we can be effective in having the right people in the right roles and that is making sure that I was um consistently demonstrated that I understood the needs of each individual, individual department or division leader or department head, right? Because if you talk to a CFO and the finance team, their needs and their perspective is very different than when you're talking to like the sales and marketing group, right? right? Our engineering core is very different from, and, and what their expectations are are very different than say, like, you know, I don't know, my, my analysis, my, my business intelligence team. So really understanding what the needs are for each team, and always like circling it back into the the greater overall business goals and the org goals, really helps. And and part of that is just changing how you communicate, um, talk, using different data points to support whatever that particular leader is looking for, and really just being there, right? List actively listening, um, doing what you're saying you're going to do, like being being um, really a partner to those folks when they either have to make decisions or when they're in a brainstorming session. But either way, it's making sure that you're able to um, use that employee perspective and demonstrate and showcase the employee perspective and the HR strategy in those meetings to kind of temper expectations and and balance and work as actual strategic partners. I think it's really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know one thing about you is that you look to each employee to learn what they are looking for instead of, you know, what the business is looking for out of them. So I'm sure that helps build trust. Uh, Tell me a little bit about getting to know uh, the people that you are working with. Yeah, I think,
1: um, on the front end, we're we're fully remote. So on the front end, it was a lot of just me carving time into their schedules. Uh, it was introductory calls. It was allowing um, management level and just uh, employees in general giving them the space to explain to me what they do and why they are critical to the company yeah. and how they feel like they fit, right. And it was really giving the people I was working with or talking to the platform to share from their perspective, what they felt was important and how they kind of viewed the overall feel of the organization, but what they were driving to achieve while coming to this startup. And I think a lot of um, the relationship building started because I really, I only really um, asked questions about them and their perspective, right? I didn't share my own thoughts. I didn't have any opinions. I really was trying to be curious Um, And I was taking a lot of notes. And I was really trying to uh, make sure people knew that I valued the information they were giving me. So clarifying questions and just kind of like poking if they said something that was a little bit interesting, or I didn't understand just like poking into that and having elaborate. Uh, It's funny, I was chatting with my uh, CMO earlier via Slack. And he was like, oh, hey, did we do this? I'm like, remember when I met you, you gave me an oral history and you had shared all of the perspective of what you need. He's like, wow, I'm glad you actually turned that into a PDF and you're using that for onboarding. I'm like, of course. I mean, it's valuable information that really helped me understand the company but helps everybody who comes in understand almost the roots, right? And it's, it's really important that um, some of these folks just have a platform To understand that I care, I'm not just here to, you know, police people on their time off or move people out um, or be super cutthroat about performance management. Does HR have to handle all of those things? Yes. But I think there's a way you can approach all of those things. And it always starts with having the right relationship so you can partner with people even if it's if it's folks that maybe aren't the right fit or possibly are off track for what the expectations are. And I think that's where you can leverage your relationship to have not just positive conversations, but to have open dialogue around things that sometimes are more difficult to talk about.
0: Yeah. So I know that right fit is so important and that it's okay if there's not a wrong fit. So how do you handle those situations? Because it can be there, there are emotions involved when, when it's like, this is not working. Um, you know, you, there's a little bit of feel of a failure, but it's actually not a bad thing.
1: Yeah. And I, th- I think that builds off of having and maintaining relationships. What I, was talking about is I literally just had one of these conversations last week. So in my conversations with with folks, I always on the HR side, maybe it's just my HR brain. I'm always kind of like taking mental notes like, oh, they look a little tired or they mentioned they had a headache or they're kind of on camera or they used to be a beat and now they're really kind of disengaged. So all of that's kind of running in the background. But what I try to do is ask people um, questions about how they feel that they're doing and if they feel like anything is kind of a mess. So with the example I knew for a while, I had a a manager actually who seemed to be kind of disengaged um, and parallel to me kind of figuring this out by working with him directly. His direct manager was sharing with me, he's missing expectations. I'm trying to coach. It's not working. We were going through different um, aspects of how she could tweak her management style to try to align with, with his communication style and see what was happening. Ultimately that didn't really work. And last week when we had a conversation, I asked him like, I feel like maybe this doesn't make sense for you. What do you feel? And he said, you know, it, it, the conversation kind of worked its way through, but towards the end, he's like, you know, I, I'm, I physically kind of feel run down and sick and I'm pretty sure it's, I, I don't think this is for me. And reiterating that that's okay in those conversations or prefacing with, you know, like N- not to determine what's going to happen to your fate or anything, but I'm noticing these things are happening. Are you happy? Just asking, like, happy in your role. Do you feel like you're meeting your expectations? People know when they're not meeting expectations. It feels horrible. People know when they, when they don't feel like they're a cultural fit,
0: Oh, it's, so Ugh, it's
1: the worst. <laughs> and it starts to have a physical toll on you. If you're stressing yeah. about that, some people internalize every everything. Some people don't care, but I think just approaching it to, I want to support you no matter what is happening, because that is the truth. Like I really feel like just because someone may not be a fit for your organization, that doesn't mean they're a bad employee. That doesn't mean that they've done anything wrong. Startups are hard. The true (laughs) lack of structure in a remote environment is difficult. A lot of people say they want to work from home and they want to have flexibility. And then they get there and they're like, oh my God, this is... Yeah. Right? Some people actually need a little bit of structure of being hybrid or need a more structured organization that has processes already dialed in. Like if you're a series C or series D, totally different than series A, right? You've already worked out the kinks. You're kind of doing your thing. You're, you're growing and scaling successfully, but when you're requiring someone to pivot on a dime and kind of build the plane as you're flying it, it's a faint of heart. And it's (gasps) difficult to manage for some people, especially, in this circumstance, this is a people manager. So this is someone who is responsible for helping to um, support and advocate for his own team and delegate priorities and do all of these things to make sure his team is successful. And he was struggling on his own. And the other thing is when there starts to be bleed, when other folks start to notice, it's really important to start to have these conversations, even if it takes a while to like kind of build up to this ultimate how are you feeling conversation? It is important for that person to know that, no matter what is happening for them, if you really are there to support them, they can answer however they they want to answer, but they need to know that you can help in some way. Is it helping to transition out? Is it helping to find a new role? Is it helping to brainstorm and figure out communication patterns? Would it help to look at your skill set and maybe get you some l and d opportunities? All of these things, could happen, but you have to start with the conversation to figure out what is the root cause. Is it fit? Is it you just don't get along with your manager and there's different interpersonal things we could work on? Or is it that you just don't find the work fulfilling? It's different than what you thought. What you signed on for is not what you got six months later. All of those things happen in a startup. They happen anywhere. But it's really important just to have the relationship with the person and feel comfortable enough to bring it up and hope that your in a position where you either have or have built a relationship, so that they feel comfortable actually talking to you about it.
0: Yeah. The
1: funny thing about that conversation is, at the end, he's like, "I feel so bad for you. You have the most the, the most difficult job at the company." I'm like, "Wait, wait. We're talking about you wanting to transition out. I'm trying to support you. I I think it's just the right thing to do." Yeah. So we discussed him leaving within 30 days or whatever the case may be. And I was like, so reach out to me. I can help revamp your resume. We can go through interview stuff. I can send you links to jobs. I have a huge network. Our recruiter has a massive network. How can we help you transition out? And he's like, honestly, I think I'm going to decompress for 30 days and maybe I'll reach out to you guys in Q1. I'm like, great. I don't know where I'm going to be in six years. I don't know where you're going to be in six years. You never know when our paths will cross. Yeah. You're a bad employee. It just doesn't make sense for you to be here. Yeah. So that's really something also to kind of impart because there is a lot of ego kind of involved. Yeah. It feels bad. Like no one wants to say I'm doing a bad job. Oh No it's pretty obvious when it feels bad to go to work. Yeah, absolutely. You can't do your best. You can't concentrate. You can't help bolster your own team if you're feeling really bad yourself. Yeah. And although it's not easy to do, it's worth having those conversations.
0: Mm-hmm. And one word I noticed you used earlier is perspective. And I just keep thinking how necessary perspective is and how much it helps in your position to share your perspective, understand other people's perspectives, understand the organization's perspective. Because if you just take what is front facing, it's just a mess because there's so much more going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's like, I, I feel
1: like in the HR role, it's unique in that you kind of get to know all three of those things or, or more facets, really like we represent the business. Yes. And we need to ensure the business succeeds, but that all rides on the people that are in place. Right. So the, I don't want to call it pressures, but some of the importance of figuring out, do you have the right person in the role is really understanding that person and their perspective and their, relationships within their realm of the business, right? And it's also making sure you don't just gloss over something and you really give someone an opportunity to explain what's happening for them.
0: We We'll have lives,
1: things come up, things happen. Um, not everyone's going to tell you everything about everything, nor do I need to know that. But if there's some contributing factor that doesn't enable someone to fully show up at work, it's important to understand what that is to see one, is there something we can do to support them? Do they need time do they need time away? Do, we, do they need a more flexible schedule? Do they need to relocate somewhere? The other thing is, if it's not something that is happening outside of work and it's work related, can we repair it? But the first question is, do they want to repair it? Yeah. And that's why you have those conversations. Like, hey, if we can fix this thing, would you be interested? Uh, it's not talking about it that directly, but that's essentially the gist, right? Like, if we could fix all, like, what's your magical solution if we can get it there? Would you be happy? Yeah. I want to come to work every day. Would you feel, you know, empowered to do what you need to do to be successful? Sometimes the answer is no. But if you don't have the conversations, you're never going to know that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so you had a great example of partying on good terms that you shared. Um, So tell me about partying on good terms. And I know you put a lot of um, investment in making sure that you don't burn bridges. Um, tell me about you know what because it can be you probably see people of all emotions and you have all kinds of conversations. So how do you, you know, make sure that that bridge is intact?
1: Yeah, that that's a good question because even if someone is being released for performance related or even something even worse, like we're all people.
0: Yeah, and I it's
1: really important that. For me, I don't care if someone quits or leaves or I have to term them or there's a layoff. I always make sure I stay connected with those people specifically on LinkedIn network but I check in with them. like if something happens and I get a job, I congratulate them. if I see leads or I know of someone that's hiring, I send it to them. I had a a, a person who was released earlier in the year and I was sending him links because I hey his particular position it's a little tight out there. I know it's hard. I was sending him links. And he, I didn't hear from him for about a week and he responded back and he was like, wow, thank you for thinking of me. I was like, I, it just didn't make sense for us at the time. You were hired at the very beginning, way before me, you were a great match as the company grew, we kind of outgrew you. It just didn't make sense. It, we had to part, but that doesn't mean I don't want you to be successful, (laughs) right? Like, as an individual, you're an amazing person. You have a family, you have a house, you have your whole life. It's like, we're not trying to hold you back from anything. We want to ensure we can give you what you need to succeed. And I, what I said to that other manager a week or so ago is true to any employee I come across. You never know where you're going to end up. Right? So I always want to make sure that people know that I do what I say I'm going to do. If I say, Hey, I'm your point of contact and I'm going to check in on you. I actually do that. It could be six months now it could be two months from now. It could be two years from now. I make sure I'm constantly checking up on folks that I used to work with. I want to double check to make sure they feel comfortable where they are. Even if they're they're working and they're good, it could be five years from now, and I'll hear about a job and I'll ping them and say, Hey, look, I don't know if you're looking, but I know this person and your skill set makes perfect sense. Can I introduce you? So a lot of it is just making sure that you stay in communication, even if it's light and very professional, um, but also making sure they know that you can truly show up as a resource if they want it. But a, lot of, a lot of talk where, you know, people leave a company and it's like, they'll go online and just blast HR and blast the company and do all that stuff. People are going to do what people are going to do, but if you handle the situations properly. If you have some level, it's harder with ICs, but I mean, especially in larger companies too, but if you have a relationship, a positive, at least a positive relationship and you follow through on the things you say you're going to do as far as supporting and checking in and enabling people to continue on their career path, no matter if it's with you or not. I think that goes a long way. Like that person was generally, genuinely shocked. Like, right. He was terminated from our company earlier in the year and I'm sending him job links. I'm like, well, of course. <laughs> you get on your feet and you feel comfortable. When we said we would review your resume, we meant that. If, you know, if, if there's anything that you can help someone to do because it's such a stressful emotional time when you either lose your job or you're laid off or your own conclusion that it's not a fit. Change is hard. So if there's anything you can do to support or if there's anything you can do just to assist or just be there, sometimes you just need to be there to listen I'm not really sing. anything. for people that that goes a long way, there's so many disingenuous people out there. And there's so much like just junk out in the kind of like out in the atmosphere that if you if you're consistent and you're authentic, and you actually show up when it's important and provide some of the support you said you were going to do, it really helps with that employee's transition, right? A lot of folks that um, end up still like, a, you know, buying into their equity after they're gone, or doing things that sometimes my founders are like shocked. I'm like, well, but we said we were going to offer these services and I've been talking to them the whole time and I'm not surprised that they wanted to do that. That's awesome. They still believe in the company. They still believe in like what we're trying to do. It speaks volumes, not just to our product, but also to how we've handled those relationships internally, not just on the HR side, but the management side, their coworkers, their cohorts. Um, You know, it's, it's really important that people feel that they can express what they need to positive, negative otherwise and not get any kind of like retromand for that. But also there's value in what their perspective is and what they feel. You can't act on that all the time, but it's valid to know what that is. If it's yeah. great, if someone's transitioning out good, bad or ugly, it's still important to, to kind of be there because you never know what someone's going to need or what they're going through now or after the fact. So yeah. I just, it's just a good human thing to do. <laughs>
0: yeah, And I know that when you were in a layoff situation, you spent four months following up. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, that was um, myself and uh, the recruiter that works for us here. We're on the, the same team. So what we did is we pretty much set up like mini workshops where people could sign up. who were in the layoff. We helped them rewrite their resumes. We, there was a couple of people that, um, did like practice interviews with my. We actively were basically like scouring and forwarding job links and sharing our networks and like warm introducing folks to companies that were hiring, and then it was just. Every few weeks, personal emails I would send just to be like, "Hey, do you need anything? Are you, your insurance is going to run out in three weeks. Let me know if you have questions." Providing broker information and contact information, making sure they understood, you know, basic things like what are the tax ramifications if I roll, like, pull my money out of my four hundred one k. Just providing resources and tools um, in the timeline that they needed it. Because of course, whenever you leave a company, you get everything in a package, but it's overwhelming and it's it's a lot. So it's just through to make sure like hey do you have questions um, we also had a couple of just like kind of like open kind of like office hour open sessions where anyone in the riff like they knew the dates it was like an hour block it was via Zoom it could be individual or in a group they had the option to come and kind of just ask questions with people in all kinds I think we're in like 21 states so all kinds of different unemployment requirements and different bureaus to contact like what do we do what does this corporate thing mean like how, how does this work so it was really providing information not just to help them try to get back into the job market, but to answer questions that impacted them immediately based on on the release or on the layoff. Um, and I think that was really helpful for people. People were kind of shocked. They're like, what? I'm like, what else do you? I'm like, of course. Like it's not, it's not your fault that you're part of a reduction yeah. in force. The very least we can do is make sure we give you any tools, support, supplies you may need so that you can kind of process and then move on in a positive way. So it's it's interesting too. And it's kind of fun to follow people as they kind of grow in their careers. And yeah. it's all the folks that I've worked with even a decade ago where I'm still like, ping, hey, how you doing? I well, promoted, congrats. It's like just keeping up with folks and making sure that you never fully lose touch, even though you might not have that same level of relationship. I think it's yeah. really, you never know who you're going to need. You never know where you're going to be personally. You never know where people are going to go, right? Like, yeah. You just have no idea. And I think that, that ties back into never burning a bridge. I don't want anyone to say like, oh, I hated Amanda and in our interaction. Does that get anyone? Yeah. Right? Involved, it doesn't make any sense. So I'd, I'd rather try to be as supportive and remain in contact as much as possible just so people can, can succeed. Because honestly, I'm, I'm one of those people that kind of feels like, even people who maybe aren't the best people, they've got their own stuff going on, man. I don't know what's yeah, happening. They
0: do. Yeah.
1: Just it don't make sense at the organization I'm at doesn't mean they're bad employees. doesn't mean um, that they should have any roadblocks to get something else. It doesn't mean they should be prohibited from trying to live their best life possible. So it's all about supporting and, and being there and, and having an opportunity to offer the support.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. I love your support. I You're just such a great example of treating people like people. Um, and it's been really great um, talking. But before we move on, do you have anything that um, you would like to add or think that I missed?
1: No, I mean, I, I feel like I've been talking a lot. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. Um I, I, the, the one caveat is like, this is not always possible. So that's completely okay. And I I, I do think that it's one of those things where you have to consciously work really hard because the flip side of the job is I need to make sure I have the right people in the seat, right? For the business successful, there are times where it's like having really direct conversations about lack of performance or just lack of skill set that can't be overcome so I think it's like it's a very delicate counterbalance but it, the most important thing is just being there for the person and understanding their
0: perspective yeah so to wrap things up where is the best place people can reach out to you
1: I think probably via my my LinkedIn All yes. right.
0: Awesome.
1: yeah or my my work email which is just Amanda at chippium.com
0: well, if you or anyone you know is like Amanda and enjoy supporting others, email me, lindsay at staffgeek.com. Thank you for listening to Staff Geek's People Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I'm always looking to interview leaders who put people first. If you or someone you know lead with a people-first mindset, please email me at lindsay at staffgeek.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at staffgeek.com. If you want to take things a step deeper and understand your organization's true culture DNA, I encourage you to take Staff Geek's free culture assessment. Just head to staffgeek.com and click the button that says free culture assessment. Thanks again for listening.